Life Audio. Hey guys, welcome to Questions with Caden. I'm your host, Caden Fabrizio, and I'm very excited for today's episode. Today is a big day. It is the first episode of season two. I genuinely can't believe we're here. We made it to a second season. It's like, praise God, give all the glory to Jesus, because I don't know how we made it through the first one. But I'm really, really excited for today's conversation. I want to let you guys know, though, there's been some changes to the podcast for season two, some very exciting ones. Um, the first being, as you can see, we're in a brand new studio space. I want to shout out you and me media in Pasadena, California, for having us into the studio. It's beautiful if you're in the area. Um, and you need a place to record, this is the spot. Look them up. Their website is youandmemedia.co. Um, they're amazing. They're like family to us. And if you need a spot, this is definitely your spot. Secondly, we've got some merch coming out. I know we've been talking about merch. I don't know. I feel like I've been talking about it since we started this podcast. I just love clothing. I love fashion. And uh, I've always wanted our listeners and myself to have some things that we can rock to show that we're part of the QWC family. And um, within the week, next week, potentially, merch will be dropping. So if you want to be the first to know when it drops, go ahead and go to cadenfabrizio.com. Again, that's cadenfabrizio.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom and click join the newsletter, enter your email address, and you will be the first to know when uh, the merch stuff drops and even potentially get a coupon code for 10% off. So if you want to do that, Go ahead and go to CadenFabrizio.com to be in the know about the merch. Thirdly, I do want to give a big shout out to Life Audio. We have officially joined their network. Round of applause. And they've partnered with us on this podcast to help take it to new heights and a new level. And I'm very excited about that. They're incredible. They're an incredible faith-based organization that believes in the work of um, what God's doing through the internet and through podcasting. And so we're, I'm very, very, very excited about that. Um, but that's everything I wanted to let you guys know before we jump into this episode. I got an intro for you that I filmed when we filmed the episode, so I'm going to be in some different clothes, but uh, I think you're going to be really excited for this episode with Elise Murphy. But before we jump in, we got a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll get the conversation started. Elise Murphy on the podcast today. I'm so excited. What up? My big sister from <gasps> Australia. I'm so excited. You finally let me in. I just, it's been, we had to vet you a bit yeah, before look, we can get you on the podcast. And that's fair because anything could happen, honestly. It's true. We're not sure what's going to come out of your mouth, but we know it's going to have an Australian accent and so it's going to sound good. I know. So it sounds spiritual, even though Australia was founded on uh, convicts who survived. But yeah, really, but we're hey, all... aren't they redeemed? Come on, somebody. Aren't they? Barely hey, saved, but redeemed. I was once a criminal of Christ. Hey. <laughs> ha! Oh, oh that, that, hey, cool. Shote, yo. <laughs> I was a convict and hey, now I see. Come I was on. once an enemy of. Yo, guys, <laughs> I am so excited to have Elise on the podcast today. Um, you guys don't know this, but she just got off of a plane from Australia. I, I came here just for this conversation. <laughs> I just can't to ask Kate a question. Isn't that what we get to do on this podcast? I, I just get to ask you, you just questions. Get to ask me numerous of questions. I'm ready for it. Um, and most of the time we will just be super vulnerable and open. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about my dating life today. I, I'm down. We'll talk about the secret sins, the secret Let's sins, go. hidden sins in the dark. Come on, they the will come you to light. Yet. Come yeah. on, somebody. They will come Freedom. to light. So no, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so pumped for today. Today's special because um, typically in every episode we have, we ask a question mm -hmm. 
but we also um, have a little bit of like a guiding principles of some foundational scriptures, and then we have some other questions. I always say like what we're trying to do is we're trying to ask a big picture question, yeah. but what we need to do is we need to build the rungs of a ladder to get to where we need to be. Love that. And so we ask other questions, smaller questions, break those down. We have none of those today. I love it. We have a topic, and we have the Holy Spirit, and we got Courtney on the production. <laughs> We got you and me media. Shout we got out. Mike in the back. I just want to say this too. This is a huge day because yes, this is, is the first time that Questions with Caden is in studio, in person with a guest. You're Classic. actually our first in person guest. Like, Wait a second. Which is huge. This is a this is dangerous. Is huge. This feels dangerous. <laughs> it is dangerous. We gave you a huge responsibility here Ooh, at right. Questions with Caden. I'm not but sweating. You're sweating. Yeah. And you decided to go barefoot. Yeah. So that's, I don't know if that was a good call. I think it is. I think that that was especially a good call. I'm so excited though. I I really can't wait. Perfect. I genuinely can't wait. I, I, uh, I think it's important that the, I think for Courtney to know, and the people at UME media and you like, Mm -hmm. this is genuinely something I've prayed for, for a while. Like praying for a space to sit down with people I love like you and have good conversations that really the Holy spirit guides and, Mm Hopefully we can um, give things for the listeners to glean from and learn from and grow from, and they can click off this podcast better than how they clicked on it. And I love that. Um, what we get to do today is really just a testament of prayer, but the faithfulness of, of Christ and also just the amazing people at UME Media. So mm-hmm. everyone, hey, round, can we hit the round of applause button for you guys? Woo! Can we just... Just those like I thought I was the round of a fool's button. The so DJ horns. I'm here for it. Hey, at least we actually have a button. If you didn't, I would I would for sure. I don't know if we need sound. a button with you though. That's yeah, no, no, no. I can make all the sounds. Can I say first of all though, that I believe that what is happening in studio is a result of you stepping out in faith. And I think there are so many people our age. <laughs> can I say our age? Yeah, totally. I can totally say our age, right? Yeah. Um that but that are that uh are terrified to step out before yeah. they have all the resources and connections. Yeah. And they feel like they're waiting for this perfect moment. And the Bible I read, there are zero perfect moments. There are just people that stepped out. Yeah. Like you look at Jonathan in one Samuel that was like, let's go over to like this, like the Philistines and perhaps the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that what is so cool about today is a culmination of you taking steps saying perhaps the Lord. And I think that's where God works. And yeah. so we're all here because we love you. And we're all here because we believe in the message that God has given you and the wow. truth that needs to come out of this. And I think that people are more hungry than ever for truth, not yeah. opinion, not political parties, not siding, not certainly not conflict or comparison. No. We want truth and yeah. we want that without judgment. Yeah. And when you can find hard truths that don't feel harsh, I think that is where people are going to gather to. And so I'm pumped. I am totally. all jokes aside. I'm genuinely honored to be here. So thanks for having me. You make me cry. I honestly honored cry. to have you here. Cry. I will not cry. I will cry. not cry today. Cry. <laughs> I will not I will not cry on the first in studio podcast. Oh it gosh. just won't happen. Um, but hey, that's something me and Mike honestly were talking about in the car ride here. Um, we were talking about the fact that we often want everything to look perfect. And mm-hmm. this even ties a little bit into our conversation today. Like there's the performance aspect of everything. And yep. There's this, there's a pressure, especially now in our generation and um, and what you see because of social media and just there's everyone kind of has a brand now, which is an interesting concept, but, um, there's a pressure to be perfect and there's mm-hmm. a pressure for everything to look a certain way. And Mike and I were talking about content creation on the way here and, um, Mike does content creation as well. And he was like, for the people that do- can't see Mike, Mike's one of my buddies here helping yeah, us out Mike's today. Stage Mike's on the team. We love him a ton. Hey Mikey. Um, but we just, 
um, we were talking and we're like, hey, the problem is not that um, an expectation of excellence is not a problem. It's the, it's the problem when we try and balance fear and faith. And then we think that the fear we have is because we almost blame and use excellence as like mm-hmm. a crutch to say like, yeah. oh, well, I can't do this yet because it's not excellent or it's not good enough. When the fact is it's like, I just think you're afraid. Yeah. And also, by the way, an excellent spirit is in the Bible. Yeah. Absolutely. It talks about Daniel, yes, being excellent and people doing things excellently. And the Queen of Sheba, her like breath was taken away because of the excellence of what they had built. Yeah. But an ex- when we talk about a spirit of excellence, that's not in the Bible. Like, yeah. And so when we have been preaching about like you got to do things with an excellent spirit, totally. you want to do things in a way that is to a standard that you're proud of. Totally. But sometimes the fear of it is disguised by it's an excuse. It's also like worship. Like you want that excellence to be an offering to Christ, yeah. right? You want the excellence you operate in. Like you and me media, they're so good. That's so excellent mm-hmm. in here. Like operating in excellence because it's it's unto the Lord. Yes. But what I was saying too is like, oftentimes we get stuck in that fear mm-hmm. and we often have this battle of like, well, it's gotta be faith over fear. And if you have fear, you don't have faith. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know if that's true. No. Like I was just reading, Gideon's been like a story that God's been just pounding wow. me in the teeth with. We can go into with. that if you want. And um, after... After Gideon says, okay, fine, I'll go fight the Midianites. And after Christ takes, or Christ, the Lord takes like over what, two thirds of his army, more than two thirds. He's left with 300 people. Um, The the Lord says to him, he goes, hey, if you're afraid, the night before the battle, he goes, if you're afraid, go down to the Midianite camp and spy on them. And the very next verse, it said, so so Gideon went down to the Midianite camp. And what you see is like right before he acts in faith and even in the midst of acting in faith, yeah. he still had fear, mm-hmm. but he had fear that he gave to the Lord. Yep. And he said like, hey, I'm still going to step into whatever you're calling. So I'm, I'm afraid and I'm going to acknowledge my fear and I'm going to give it to the Lord. And so like I was telling Mike, it's not mutually exclusive, faith and fear right. and this, this pressure of excellence. It's not mutually exclusive. Um, but afraid. honestly, it's, it's almost like a blessing to have a little bit of that fear when you step out to do yeah. something because you like know one of two things. You know, okay, God's on it and I'm afraid to fail. But I'm not afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the second thing is like, I can give this fear to the Lord as an right. offering. That's so true. That's like the story of Gideon was something I was just recently studying. 2020, um, I moved to L.A. Um, I don't know if we're meant to read that. I'm just going to start talking and you tell me when to stop talking. No, you do your thing. We'll, okay, good. We'll, um, we don't, we we'll, don't have questions. We'll ask the big question of the day and go in at that. But this is a good conversation I love so it. far. Yeah. Well, because the Gideon thing was massive for me. I moved to L.A. from Australia um, to be in ministry, not media. I'm like the first person ever. It feels like to move to Hollywood to be yeah. like work for the church. <laughs> Who did that? Like I'm gonna come here. Everyone else is like be on staff. Yeah, I'm gonna be an actress. I'm like yeah. I'm gonna be a pastor. <laughs> like that's how. I, that's why I moved to LA. And I then never, ends up in media. <laughs> I never wanted to get out yeah. of being working for a church. I'm a church kid, totally. and so for me, 2020, the walls of the church shut when I was a executive director, executive pastor of a church in LA and given my life, like talk about having skin in the game. Like my life has been church. And mm-hmm. so, um, I was the first week of the pandemic. I was reading my Bible like everyone was the first week of the pandemic. Even non-Christians were like, what's happening? Yeah. And um, I was reading about Gideon and um, about how God told Gideon he was coming out of the wine press. And I felt God speak to me so clearly and say, Elise, I'm taking the church out of the wine press. Wow. I'm changing the way we do church because the problem is it's not that it wasn't 
okay for a season. Gideon was hiding there for a season so that he could do the very thing he could no longer do because of the enemy on the hilltop, right? Yeah. But the problem with threshing wheat in a wine press, which is what Gideon was doing, was that you do that long enough, another generation grows up thinking that's how you thresh wheat. Wow. And it was never how you were meant to thresh wheat. It was so for a good. season. And so the church, the way it looked, was okay for a season, but that was never going to be the most efficient and effective way to reach the world is just in these four walls. Like what? Yeah. And so right before I had my own praise lap about like, yeah, God, get him. Like get the church. Like what? Yeah. You God, get the church, like you're against the church for some reason. Immediately, God was like, Elise, I'm taking you out too. Wow. You've been in the church for long enough, and it's not that I'm like I'm still obsessed with the church. It's still my life. Totally. But God was taking me outside the four walls so that instead of waiting for people to come to me, he was like, I'm sending you to them. And I was like, well, I don't know how that's going to work because like, I preach in pulpits. And he was mm -hmm. like, and now you're going to use social media. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I am not an influencer. And he's like, I didn't call you to be an influencer. Yeah. I've called you to be a leader. And that's the same thing. It's just someone that's aware of their influence. And yeah. so for me, when God started speaking to me from Gideon, I was terrified too. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, God, give me a sign. Okay, give me another sign. Okay, give me one more sign. Totally. Okay, cool. One more sign. It was like him like testing with the wall or whatever. You Making know, like sure. And so when we have these moments and it's like, don't test the Lord, God sees the heart. Look yeah, at absolutely. the story of David. So it's like, we can ask God for confirmation. And I mm -hmm. think so often we want to use these thoughts we've heard preached from a pulpit as our theology before we've ever checked them with the context of scripture. So good. And if we want to have our own revelation and our own truth, 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 not what we heard someone preach that was alliterated in a cool sermon. And yeah. I know I've done it too. Totally. We have to take things to God. And so it's like, God's okay with us asking him for confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the very next day that I got a call to do my first ever interview, which started my personal journey with the company I work with now, Lightworkers in media, three months later, came off staff, accidentally resigned. Like who does, who does that? Accidentally resigned. <laughs> Whoops. So God. But all I'm trying to say is like that fear moment, but when you know it's God yeah. and so you're like, okay, all right. You just, God will take you to a place where you know that you know that you know that this is God. And mm -hmm. even if it's scary and even if your hands are shaking and your voice is quiet, like stepping out allows God to do what God does, yeah. which is like cause a victory for Gideon in a dumb way, like yeah. a ridiculous way. Well, they don't even have to like pull their swords. They kill each other. He just goes like, yeah, he just goes and like receives what God had for him. It's insane. It's and nuts. then. Yeah, we could keep going on that. We story. really could just like unpack Gideon, but we're not here to do that. Today. We're not. Gideon can unpack himself. Gideon what has unpacked himself. Yeah, it's like <laughs> stop attacking Gideon, Elise. He's a good guy. What's that? He's great. I love Gideon. You know, he's I a good guy. To Gideon. But hey, we're asking the question today: um, Is my religion hurting me? And yeah. I think it's. Oop! Someone just got stopped in their tracks, mm -hmm. and we're coming for your theology today. <laughs> and I think the really the core of this of this conversation today is um, not to attack religion, not to attack um, ritual, not to attack any of that thing, but really to provide freedom. Mm -hmm. It's the hope today because um, there's a I would believe epidemic of mm -hmm. people stuck in a spirit of religion, and it looks one of two ways. Oftentimes, people think that a spirit of religion looks like being like an overzealot, like overzealous, and just like this person who's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I do communion 47 times a day and, and I, uh, I, I hold my, my, I do my Hail Marys and I, you know, like they think that's religion when what you're seeing, I believe often is what we see here in LA is, is a religion also by going to church one time a week and living a completely different life. Yeah. And so today we're talking about, is my religion hurting me? Cause yeah. potentially Elise and I might want to offer you the fact that potentially you're not 
in a relationship with Jesus. Like yeah. You don't know him. You just know all the things you're supposed to do and say. Yeah. And so I'm really excited for today. Um, why don't we do this? Why don't we have at least read that scripture that we just found five seconds before the podcast? Mm-hmm. I like this one. We're going spirit-led, folks. We're just going after I it. have another scripture that God, I feel like, just brought to my okay, mind as read well. Okay, We can, we can, well, I got it while we're talking, I'll find it because, you know, yeah, see the church kid that's like, I know it's in the Bible somewhere. Yeah. I feel like it's in Matthew, I'm you the, know? I'm the classic guy that's like, you know, in scripture. In scripture. In scripture. I'll give an around about some yeah. of the gospels, you know. In the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. That God is love. Like, like what? <laughs> Everywhere I'm in the, the Bible, guy who just gives a, like, a generic, like, in Galatians 5. Because I'm not oh, sure where. Oh, we love where. a chapter, no verse. I'm not sure where. If you can get a chapter, no verse, you're doing better than me. Usually oh, yeah. it's rounded at a book. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's in Galatians or Revelation, yeah. one of them. Or Ezekiel. Yeah, I don't you're know. Like, or you know? Ezekiel. You're like, they're kind of the same. <laughs> Nehemiah so, or Galatians. I'm, I, I don't know. Jonah or Jeremiah. I get yeah, those two, yeah, the J's. Yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> all right, read the verse, Elise. Right. Gosh dang it. Galatians 3, verse 1. Two, uh, three. It says, you foolish Galatians. Oh, Paula wasn't playing. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. I am so here for his sarcasm. He says, did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish that after beginning by means of the spirit, you're now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Dang. I love how you used um, Paul's sarcasm to like give you a license to continue to be sarcastic. A thousand percent. We'll talk about that. Are you privately. kidding me? Of course. Hey, I let's, did. let's pray real fast and then yeah. we'll just see where this goes. I love it. Lord, thank you so much for God, just your faithfulness, Jesus, and just um, what today is. What a great day. Thank you so much for Elise. Father, we just ask right now, Holy Spirit, would you just dwell here, God? Would you just allow us to host your presence as we have a conversation centered around um, really encouraging listeners to know you intimately and deeply, Lord, because everything else is void, God, if we don't know you. And so, Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this space. We invite you into the space of the listener, God, whether that's at the gym or in their car or in their cubicle, God. We just pray right now they would feel your presence overwhelmingly. Mm. Speak through us today, God, and uh, we love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, Elise, you're obviously a preacher's kid. What you guys should know is Elise showed up today. It's so funny. Elise showed up today 15 minutes early, mm-hmm. which I've never seen Elise do in her life. Um, it's rare. It is uh, for 15 sure 15 minutes early, mm-hmm. just absolutely juiced. Mm-hmm. And then got in here and has not stopped preaching since she walked in. I couldn't help it. I can't help it. It's like, but what I think it shows like, that I think God's on this conversation today. Yeah. Because I felt the same way. I was just really excited in the car and mm-hmm. I was talking like a million miles an hour to Mike and like preaching at Mike. And then I'm like, I should probably save my voice. We're doing three of these today. I nah, was like, I should probably, save, probably should save the voice. No. But what, what's funny is you came in like a preacher's kid. And yep. you're, you're our preacher kid. We were just talking a little bit about before the podcast. I kind of want to tap into what we were talking about because we were talking a little bit about growing up in the church. And I think yeah. potentially there's a lot of listeners that grew up in the church mm-hmm. or are growing up in the church. Mm-hmm. And like I told you, I'm not a preacher's kid, but I'm just the closest thing to it. Like yeah. my parents were involved in every single ministry. My mom had a thing called God's Girls. She yes, did every she Wednesday did. night for like six, seven, Mrs. eight years. Kaden. I like, you know that that Elevation song? It's like, mama used to drag oh, me to church. talking to Jesus. I know yeah. all of them. Sunday morning <laughs> and Wednesday night. That's me. Like I was dragged to church Sunday, going, kicking and screaming. Cocky shots. 
just no praise god my mom believed okay. in skinny jeans love back that. then even shout out mom um for my problem <laughs> with skinny jeans um but we but you were we, there all the time in church same. all the time and same and you you said you had the same experience growing up as a preacher's kid yeah but let's talk a little bit about that pressure yeah. of like and what that what that kind of breeds i know i grew up in church pastor's kid my um dad was pastor brian houston's like right hand guy for a bunch of years at a small Church, Hillsong. What church is that? Hillsong. I don't know if you know that. Mm-mm. Yeah, they've done. Is that Canadian? They've, they've, they've tried to do a couple of albums too, they and yeah. had some. Um, you know, we all have to sing a song to the Lord, and that was theirs. So they did the best. Huh? Um, but then when I was seven, we moved to the south part of Sydney and took over a church there. Um, and I was there until I moved to LA and grew up in church trying to figure out like why don't I feel like I fit in? Did yeah. you have that where it was like you'd be in school? And I was like, how do I fit in here? But then I'd be in youth group and at church on Sundays. And yeah, in a sense, I had the run of the place because I was that had that PK card. Totally. But I also just felt like I didn't fit either. Yeah. And so for me, it was like constantly felt like I was being watched and in this fishbowl. Um, and it's funny how God will prepare you for things later because all my years in Hollywood, a lot of the people I was able to meet and build relationships with in the industry, we actually had that in common which is so wild that you grew up in church. Yeah. That I was, no. no, that I was able to be like, I know what it's like to grow up and feel well, like you're bowl. in a fishbowl. Yeah. People are just looking at you, but no one knows so you. I mean, and as a like, preacher's kid, you're essentially like the celebrity of the church. But that's the thing is like, whether you're a preacher's kid or a church kid. And so that's like, when I was in my twenties, I wrote a book called, I wanted to call it confessions of a pastor's kid, Yeah. but I love that they made me change it to confessions of a church kid. Um, before you ask, I have the rights to it again, and we are republishing it soon, but you can't buy it yet. Okay. So just for that disclaimer, um, but I want like I'm so glad they said that because of course Tracy Campbell's calling. Oh no! I wonder if we should answer it and ask him if he feels like he was in a fishbowl too growing up. I don't know. We can call him. We'll call we'll him. Call him later. We'll come later. Yeah. You can join Patreon for the behind the scenes on that. He doesn't have a Patreon. Does he have a Patreon? No, but Mike and I were talking about it. It's coming. Uh, maybe it's the Lord. Come on, confirmation. Is that confirmation? Um, I felt God on that, Mike. Oh, get it going. Yep, I feel like it is. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, like I. Uh, I, I was glad that they opened up because a church kid, whether you are technically a pastor's kid or a preacher's kid or whatever, or you just grew up in church, I think we all felt that pressure that I am representing Jesus. And if yeah. I do anything wrong, people like everyone's going to hell. Yeah. Like, did you feel that where I was like, if people knew that, like, um, I had that, I had a kiss that boy at that party on the weekend or I, you don't have to talk was, about last weekend. I was just, I mean, I was last night, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, at least stop. But like, I grew up with that feeling of shame before I'd done anything wrong. As an adult, it's like when you drive and you see a police car behind you and suddenly you feel guilty and yeah. you're not quite sure oh, why. Yeah. That was me growing up in church. Wow. And I think a lot of us feel this, I'm guilty. I don't know why. Yeah. And it's the opposite of the gospel. Totally. But it's a real thing. And yeah. so it's like, like it wasn't until later in life that I started to realize a lot of that pressure was something I put on myself. And God never put that pressure on me. No. And no. so it's like that. What do we do with that pressure? Because if you're, um, I believe that fear is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like wow. if you really lean into fear, that that big fear of yours of yeah. this or that, or the other, then I believe a lot of the times you start moving towards the direction of your focus. So if your focus is fear, what is that fear that you're leaning into? So often we simply are like, oh, my worst fear became my reality. My worst fear was getting divorced. Yeah. I'm not saying that that fear created what happened for, in my life in 2017, wow. which was yeah. getting a divorce. But I am saying that I don't know that as a coincidence that all I could focus on was just don't get divorced, just don't get divorced. Yeah. How is 
is that the life that yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. came to give us? No, it's not like it's just like that survival mentality. It's survival. It's, it's like it's not lack. thriving. Scarcity. Scarcity. It's yeah. The, well, this is going to be gone one day. Like the grace wow. is going to be gone. Mm. As if grace could run out. Yeah, as if. Yeah, as if. And that's like one side of the extreme of it. And then, like you just said, the other side of it is anything in the name of religion that isn't truly life transformation, I think is void of God. And yeah. the verse I was going to find, but I don't fully know where it is. Matthew 11. <laughs> it's like a whole sermon that I preach, by the way. Um, but it's when Jesus is talking and he says, are you tired? Are you burnt out? Yeah. Come away with me and you'll discover your life. The amplified version of that verse. I think it's Matthew 11. <laughs> I'm looking over here at Lex. I'm waiting to see if one of them is going to tell us what it is. Matthew 5 or Matthew 11. Um, but it, the Amplified says, are you tired, are you worn out, tired, burnt out on religious rituals that provide no peace? So good. Religious rituals that provide yeah. no peace. Maybe the very definition of being stuck with a religious spirit is doing the spiritual disciplines without the spirit. Yeah. Is having the religious rituals, but they don't give you any peace. Maybe totally. peace is the very evidence that you're in relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have that peace, that's the sign for me, at least. Yeah. My indicator that at least you're getting a little bit caught up mm. in a religious yeah. way of doing life. What yeah. was it like? I guess I can't help asking questions too. No, what was yeah, it like for it. you growing up in church and wrestling with the, it sounds so preachy, but like that real, like religion versus relationship and where yeah. that. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So like I said, I grew up closest thing to a preacher's kid, you exactly. know, um, and, but like you, I never felt like I fit in at church. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up in a non-denominational like mega church, but we were there since it was like, like a thousand people. Yeah, you knew everyone. And it everyone grew into, you. it grew into 10, 13 thousand a weekend but it didn't start that way mm -hmm. and I never felt like I fit in and I remember like vividly having encounters with pastors and leaders being like hey you shouldn't wear that like, a, like, like a man of God wouldn't wear that and the man of God wouldn't have a faux hawk like mm -hmm. like a leader told me that one time and someone else told me one time that like you uh the way you act you act like a loser and you're always going to be a loser are you kidding and those were things that were spoken over me early in church oh, that, makes me so mad. that made yeah it's like it's awful but what uh, what I will give to those people is what they were trying to do was call a young kid higher. Yeah, for sure. But what they were not understanding is what they were doing was burdening a young kid with religion. Was trauma. <laughs> was burdening a young kid with religion. Absolutely. And so for me, growing up in the church, it took me a long time to even like the church. Yep. I hated the church. You did? Like, I just didn't enjoy church. Did you church. pretend to love it? Or... No, 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 no. My, everyone knew I did not like to go to church. Really? Okay, yeah, like, you were that guy. I was that guy. Like, I, but the thing was is the Lord always had his hand on my heart. Mm -hmm. And so what I think I have a unique perspective of having this heart for, I now love the church. Of I've obviously, obviously passed all that and absolutely love the church. It's the bride of Christ. Like, I have so much passion for the church. But I also have this perspective of, like, what God can do outside of the church yeah. with a person that's just hungry for his presence. Mm -hmm. And I think I have this unique perspective growing up in the church, not liking the church, yep. but loving Jesus. Yep. And going like, I don't want to be at church on Wednesday night with all those weirdos and people that like, dread, like are in khakis. Like I just don't. And I grew up in a non-denominational church. It wasn't really like that. But there's still obviously those elements. And, and I was like, I don't really want to be there. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I did want to go home and just like put on worship music yeah. and like sit in the presence it of felt God. Safe. Yeah. Felt safe. Felt safe because mm -hmm. what it felt like is I didn't have to be. Yes, or pretend. Or I didn't have to put on Saul's armor to Ooh. show up to a church. Bro. I just got to be. I just got to be who I was when I was at home. And so, what you saw for me is like you saw a guy who was like just extreme anxiety when he went to church because I was just like, I just don't belong here, dude. I just don't enjoy this. Wow. And then going home and being like, but I just love the Lord. Yeah. Like, I just love the Lord so much. 
And then like church hopping and trying to find a place that I felt like I fit in and trying to find a place that didn't feel like I was burdened with religion or trying to find a place where like someone didn't want something for me Mm -hmm. from me or just feeling that. And that was the struggle for me for years, probably until I was about 20 years old, trying to figure out like, hey, where do I fit in in a world where um, there's an expectation to look a certain way? Act a certain way. And act a certain way and perform Mm -hmm. a certain way. And what I realized is that the expectation that I was trying to carry was religion. And the expectation that Jesus had for me was not for me to look like anybody else, but was to look like him. Okay. So my question then is like with the, you said it was to be like, uh, to look like religion. Yeah. What did that in your head look like? Yeah. So this is a great, this is a great question. So I'm 18 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm playing college tennis. Of course you are. Oh gosh, I want to play tennis so bad, but I'm so bad at it. We'll go, we'll go. I'm playing college tennis. My dream is to be a professional tennis player. Same. Um, I get hurt my senior year before going to play college tennis. So I end up going to another school. Wow. End up at this this uh, small Christian school, playing tennis again, get injured again, have to have another surgery, find myself rock bottom. When I have this, I have this encounter with the Lord that calls me to ministry. And um, no one spoke it. This was just between you and God. No, that that's 30,000 feet view. Yeah, I'll go in. So I go to a prayer room to try and get healing. Yeah. And I walk oh, yeah. in and I'm like, I have like wrist problems. Like I've had three wrist surgeries. I'm like, I have wrist problems. Like I need healing. And there you go. The lady like looks at me and she's like, well, the Lord doesn't want us to pray for any of that. Whoa. And I was like, I didn't come here for that. They're like, the Lord wants us to pray for your identity because you have no idea who you are. Bro. Okay. Okay. I and know what this so conversation's about. I was now. like, all right. So they literally just started praying over me and I just get hit by the Holy Spirit. Freaking crap. And he just like speaks to me who I am and shows me a vision of the future that's insane and just like speaks to me who I am. And I like literally like we're done. I'm leaving. And I'm like, I think the Lord's calling me to be a pastor, but like in this different way. And I like, I'm not going to tell anybody. My mom's with me. I'm like 18, 19. I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody. And anybody. you still have this dream to be a tennis player. Like that didn't player. leave. So I'm walking out of the building and I make a decision. I'm like, I'm not going to tell my mom what just happened. And the lady yells out. She goes, bye, Pastor Caden. And my, my mom goes, what? <laughs> so I'm 18, and I'm stepping into now trying to figure out what this looks like to be a— You're, like, rebuking the lady? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm 18, and I, I vividly remember I was laying in bed in my dorm room. I was sad that I was not able to play tennis. I was confused all get out sure. that I'm supposed to be this ministry guy. When in my head, all I could see that were pastors were old white guys yep. that were lame, mm-hmm. that were weird, that were unhealthy, that were unhealthy, <laughs> yeah. that were like kind of dictatory, yeah. that were just like, I just, and I just kept saying like, I can't be that guy, God. I can't be that guy. Yeah. I can't put on their clothes. I can't like, I don't look like that. Lord, I can't be who, I, like, it's just not me. And I just so remember, I just remember vividly, like the Holy Spirit telling me like, I'm not asking you to be anybody except you. Mm. And, like, that moment was a moment that I was, like, oh, my gosh, coupled with the book of Jonah and how God used the book of Jonah to transform my life wow. and, and really show me, like, hey, you got some, you got a couple options here. Like, you can run or you can step into what I'm calling you to do. And I had to make a decision, like, okay, am I going to, am I going to say, like, okay, I'm going to try and be the pastor I saw growing up, Pastor Dan, who was this old guy, or am I going to be me? Yeah. And that was another like a battle with religion as well. It was like saying like, am I going to pick up what I'm, what it's supposed to look like? It's, uh, is that not religion? Yeah. Putting on, you just said it, 
putting on someone else's armor, being what you think it's meant to look like rather than stepping into who God has called you to be. And that's a process for everyone that no one gets to skip. I've always said like shortcuts only ever lead to delays. And so if we try to shortcut the process and we fall into religion because the shortcut of religion is to look the part. What part are you trying to look? The body of Christ is all different. You're meant to look different to me. And how we look and how we act and how we be, the reason God calls us into that is because we're different. And I had the exact same thing happen. For me, it was this understanding. For me, that identity part happened in 2020 that I was talking about the Gideon story before Mm -hmm. because I didn't know who I was if I didn't have pasta attached to my email header that I would send people. I went through a six-month identity crisis at the end of 2020 once I accidentally resigned my job because I was like, I don't know who Elise is. And I went through it in 2017 when I went through my divorce who am I if I'm not the wife of that guy? Who am I now that I have the word divorce as a part of my story? Yes, it's the chapter in my story. It's not the story title, but we go through those seasons where it's like, I feel like the chapter I'm currently on is going to be all I'm ever known for. Like, I feel like the woman with the issue of blood, the woman that had the issue of divorce in ministry, is that all I'm ever going to be? Is that what I have to be? And so I think that that journey for everyone, especially church kids, who has God called you to be? Not your parents, not your siblings, not what you've seen it look like. Honestly, not even what you've been prophesied over unless it's like the thing that it sat in your spirit is because it resonated. Totally. So often we're told prophetically that God told that person who you're going to be, but take that to God yourself. Yeah, let him tell you. All of this is just about building your relationship with God. And I think God allows us to have these identity crises. Crises? I don't know. How do you say it down under? <laughs> just Croise. identity crap. Honestly, we probably I- say that. Identity crikey. Crikey. Identity crikeys. <laughs> I don't know. But like, I think that God allows us to do that to see where it will take us. Yeah. Are we going to pretend like we have it all figured out? Are we done pretending everything's fine or are we still doing that? Yeah. Are we still pretending or are we done? Because I just feel like we're moving into a time now where God is raising up voices of people that have authenticity attached to it, not perfection and certainly not performance, Mm. but like, is this a safe space to ask questions? Yeah. Is this a safe space for us to bring our questions to God? Or one, do you feel like you have the answer to everyone's question? Or two, are you pretending like you don't have any questions? Yeah. Or like, are we going to have to keep walking to the hospital and pretending we're not hurt? That's the whole thing. God can't heal what we don't admit hurts. And I think that that's the, like, speaking of the, the story of the woman with the issue of blood, she pushed to the crowd to get to Jesus. And it was the religious people like you, anytime Jesus is condemning people, it was always a religious people. Yeah, absolutely. It was the people that was shunning her mm-hmm. because the reality of our human nature is that we gather around people that look like us and limp like us and the people that have the same sickness that I have. Because if you have the same sickness as I have, then we can justify it as a thorn in my flesh rather than actually being something we need to bring to Jesus. But we're all sick and we all need to come to the feet of Jesus. We all need to come to the great favorite physician, the great healer. And if we don't actually start to accept that we're all sick and we're all weak and we all need a savior, we all need Jesus, then we're just going to continue to gather around people that have the same sickness and justify our own sickness when the reality is we all just need Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me on my soapbox on that. Situation. I mean, I got to get you off it so I can yeah. say something. I know. Sorry. My sorry. It's like, wow. Is I, this? I'm very. Whose podcast is this? I know. And I now I have I'm more questions kidding. for you. <laughs> no, ask questions. Ask questions. I just have to. Sh- I got I to gotta share a thought, though. I was thinking, like, I love how you kept talking about, like, the limp and the wound mm-hmm. and trying to 
you almost like use the idea of a thorn in my flesh as like a, as a way to like get away with maybe the way you're living. Um, but like I said earlier, like we can't keep coming into church acting like everything is fine. Like we can't keep coming into the hospital and like having a broken arm and hiding it behind our backs. You know, we're not showing the doctor. Like if, if God's our great physician, then we have to be vulnerable yes. and open. And the place to do that is in the house of God and mm-hmm. is in his presence. And so the aspect of religion is walking into church and putting on the armor and looking a certain way and hiding what's really going on and not being vulnerable and, and being like, no, everything's great. Everything's fine. I'm okay. No, I don't struggle with pornography. Is my hidden sin? No, I don't gossip all the time. No, I don't. No, I'm not a wreck. No, I'm not anxious right now. No, I'm not like popping pills at the moment. No, I'm not a little drunk on my way to church right now because it makes me, it's like, let's just stop pretending. Yeah. And I think what happens is like you were talking a lot to the, the, kids, the kids that grew up in church like us. But what about the person that finds Christ late, mm-hmm. that walks into church and go, I like this Jesus guy, but all these people here, it feels off. And I have to I pretend. Because I have these issues. Yeah. I got to look a certain way. Yeah. I got to fit in. I got to be a certain thing. I got to, in order to fit in this box churches become, I have to fit into a box of my own. And that's a tough place to be. And that's the danger of religion in the church and religion in our spirits and on us yeah. is like, not only are we hurting ourselves. We're hurting others. Yeah. That's, it's such a good way to say that. And I think that I don't know that we, the church, because I, I critique her because I love her and I am a part of her, the yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. We, the church, we critique her because we see potential of more. Like the story of my life. <laughs> like, yeah. in so my, I critique you. Yeah. Because it right. could get so much better. Thank you so much for your critique, Kaden. <laughs> Thank you so much because you see the potential of more. Oh, yeah. triggered from church. Okay. But like we, the church, haven't done a great job of creating a safe enough space where people can come in and show their withered hand. Yeah. The reason we're hiding it, the reason that everyone is hiding a withered hand is because we've been taught the way for promotion, AKA religious stature in church is to hide the weakness with fake vulnerability that shows you just enough to feel relatable, but not enough to break chains. Yeah. 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 Because when I read the story of Jacob, the only way, Jacob, the one that stole his brother's blessing, he stole the blessing later on. He's asking the angel that he's wrestling with, bless me, bro. I thought you already took someone's blessing. Why are you asking God to bless you? Because the, like, we keep trying to get after these blessings that other people have, not realizing that God has one for us as well. But before he was going to bless Jacob, he said, what's your name? Be vulnerable. Yeah, who Tell are me who you, you are. Jacob who means are deceiver. Yeah. He was like, before I change your name to Israel, you got to come to me. you got to be vulnerable with me. And we haven't done a great job, I don't think, in the church with allowing people to limp in mm. and then like praying for healing. And if they don't walk out whole, like we say it, it's their fault. Yeah. But the reality is we're all going to walk with a limp because life has made us limp. And anyone that has ever wrestled ever wrestled with God and their own theology will walk away with a limp, but a blessing. And the two can coexist. We can coexist with it. And religion says that you cannot coexist with faith and fear. You cannot coexist. You can't hold grief and joy in the same moment. You can't coexist with being able to walk and take steps with a limp. And it's just not what the Bible says. And it's just not the stories that we read that are passed down from generation to generation about the fathers of our faith. They all walked with a limp. And I think religious says, I have to pretend that my hand isn't hurt or my hip hasn't been broken 
in order to look like I've been saved. Wow. I think too, there's this like notion also, like there's that side. I love this because there's always two sides. Always. Like there's that side. The extremes. And then there's the other side. The other notion is that um, I, like there's a side of like not accepting that to walk with a limp. And then there's a side of believing that all you are is the limp. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like there has to be the intersection that Very is true. found in intimacy so with the Lord. Yep. And I think in a renewed mind that lets you go like, hey, uh, I'm not the limp. Uh, I'm not I'm not what other people have put on me. I'm not my issue. I'm not, I'm not the label. my issue. Mm-hmm. And I actually can be whole. Yes. I actually can walk in freedom and yes. fullness. I can do that because of who Christ is and what he's already done. Yes. And so it becomes less of a like, hey, what do I do? And what and it becomes more of like, what do I receive? Mm-hmm. And like, what can I receive open-handed yep. from the Lord? Like, what has he already given us? You know, like I was thinking today um, while I was like taking a shower and stuff, and I was thinking about like the gifts that God gives. And I was like, I was thinking, I was like, yo, God gives us so many, like so many gifts, like God is just continually giving us gifts Mm -hmm. and he's just continually blessing us and giving us things. And I go, I wonder if his love language is gifts. Oh, I love that. And the Holy Spirit checked me so fast. Uh And he was like, I don't have a love language because my language is love. And I was like, so shook because I'm like, what are we missing? Where we're saying I have to. I have to, to get the love of God, I must have to like perform for the love language of God. Mm-hmm. When like we're missing the fact how that could God all of God's- my love? Or how could I understand his love when it's like, no, he is love. All of God's language is love. Yes. So all of his discipline is love. All of his blessing is mm-hmm. love. Discipline all of his intimacy yes. is love. It's mm-hmm. all love. Yes. And what we're doing when we're carrying a spirit of religion is we're- Carrying a spirit saying we need to work for the love. Yeah. Instead of saying like, okay, if how God operates is love, and the Bible says I'm in Christ, which means we are one, that means I operate in love. Yeah. Which means I'm already loved, which means I don't have to perform for this love. I don't have to be religious for this love. Well. I don't have to be burdened by the ritual to gain the intimacy of who the Lord is. It's like, have you seen those um, kids that are running around trying to get their parents' attention? Like, yeah. and they're clearly dad, 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 just dad. trying to get their dad's attention. Yeah, yeah. I think without understanding the revelation of who our father is in love, we do that. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, we run do. around trying to perform to get God's attention when God's just looking at us the whole time. What a perfect picture of religion. Being like, are you done? Yeah. Like, are you done performing yet? And at the same time, when you have truly experienced love, you can't help. Like, you can, like, you can do, like I said, with a limp. You can do a lot with a limp. Yeah. You can walk. You can run. You can do. And out of the love, it's not a performance space. It's a ac- love equals action. Yeah. You you can't like what what's that thing like you you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And if I truly understand love and have been changed by love, my natural outworking is going to be to be and do the very thing that God has called me to be and do. And yeah. so I think that like the people that like I am my issue. God's not big enough for you. Mm-mm. Like you're the God that you see in your brain, the God that you believe isn't big enough then if you are going to be stuck in your shame for the rest of your life. If you're going to continue to leave that chapter out of your story because you don't think that you should talk about it because shame has gotten a hold of you, mm. then you don't truly understand love. I think it's Romans. See, see me taking the book. It's Romans. Somewhere in Romans. One it through says, 15. But like there's no fear in love. <laughs> yeah. Because perfect love casts out fear. And so if you truly like those moments of fear, it's God, I don't understand you. 
your love. So will you help me? And the biggest thing I had to realize after I realized I could extend my withered hand, I could be broken, I could walk with a limp, was then you're also not stuck with your limp. No. You're not stuck in your story. No. Don't be stuck on your sentence. Yeah. Keep going, keep moving because the chapter you're in isn't the whole story. And sometimes totally. I think as Christians, we have to be stuck in our weakness. We're stuck in our shame. We're stuck in this dead end job. Who said that you were stuck like that? Nobody. Who said? And I yeah. think that often in those moments, it's like we can say a lot of the time, speaking of religious uh, spirits, we're praying about something when we're not. <laughs> we're procrastinating about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big spirit of procrastination <laughs> totally, that looks like prayer. Totally. And it's like, actually, what if God's waiting on you? Yeah, my dad always says to me, it's the most annoying thing. Shout out, dad. He always says, <laughs> Shout he, out listens, dad. he listens to every single one of these. So, uh, I love He that. always says to me, he goes, pray a lot, but never be paralyzed by prayer. Oh, Cole, come on. Caden's dead. Yeah, fire chief will preach out here. Okay. But I, and it's like, when you really are like in prayer seeking the Lord, it's the most frustrating thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're like really just procrastinating, it's the most like sobering thought. But that's where it comes to the Jonathan story where he says, perhaps the Lord. Yeah. He was in prayer by saying that. Yeah. Who's like, yes, there are seasons where we wait on God and all that kind of stuff. But that season, like in Isaiah, it says that like those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Mm. So if you're feeling weak or you're feeling like burnt out, then yes, spend some time waiting on God. But when you're walking, it says that like we look at what people are doing, but God looks at your heart. So you really think you can mess up your life if you're walking truly with a heart, trying to please God, trying to like walk in what God has for you. God can redirect us, but he can't redirect us if we refuse to take the first step and so a lot of it is actually what's that big god dream that you have in your heart that you're terrified like everyone that's listening us right now what's that god dream and are we waiting for something else to happen are we waiting uh uh-oh for somebody else to validate that dream of a pastor to see it and be like yeah you are called to preach if god already called you to preach then where's your microphone yeah if you say you don't have one you're lying because i have my phone right here yeah yeah where I can open my Instagram and encourage someone with a Bible verse today. Totally, totally. If you can't do that, why would God give you the platform that you feel like you need before you start? Yeah, Alicia Choli says, do you know Alicia? I thought you said Elise. I was like, yeah, quote me. Elisa, I said, no, Alicia Choli, she said, we, I was at a conference one time with Grant. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it was in Branson, Missouri. Shout out Grant. Shout, Shout out, out Grant. everyone. Shout out Branson, Missouri. Like, who does that? Like, there's like seven people who live there. <laughs> For real? I don't even um, know who that is. But like, if you're from Branson, I love you. I'm kidding. But yeah. um, Branson? And Alicia Choli said, she said, following God is often just going off of your best God guesses. Yes. And I was like, that's insane. Because she's like, she was saying, it's like, the best you can do sometimes is say, I think God's calling me to do this. Yep. And take that step that way. You know, mm-hmm. that's a little bit of a tangent. But I have a buddy. He's one of, my, one of my best friends. He's really like a brother to me. Lives in NorCal. If he's listening, I'm talking about you, and I'm not going to say your name. But um, this is a guy that grew up in church that he actually grew up in like a, a – I don't want to give too many details – a different setting of church. <laughs> but um, – his, his name like rhymes, trying to rhymes prote- with fr- – Yeah. Rhymes with, yeah. Rhymes with – Rhymes with Fike. But, but, um, so Mike, yeah, it's like Mike in the back. It's like, he's like, it's he's not like me. bro, I told you that was in confidence. He's like, I told you this on the way here in confidence. No, I so came this, to your prayer room. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, dude, I can't trust you. Anymore. <laughs> he's like, these are, these religious people, man. 
So uh, this is a confidential pastoral meeting. I literally what the heck? almost said his name just right. Listen, now. the amount of times my dad used to preach my confidential stories, <laughs> yeah. they'd be like, "So anyway, this young girl at school this week." I was like, "Come on, bro!" Yeah. Like and again, ev- and everyone's again, gone. Still triggered by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we'll get the healing later. We're gonna pray release before Thank she you leaves. So much. Um, Appreciate it. But so my buddy, he lives up north. Schmike. Rhymes with Schmike. Um, <laughs> but he. He, for years, for years, has been this guy that um, I've known him for like six six years. And for years, he's been this guy that um, you would think has like the, had the deepest relationship with the Lord. Like you would think um, he was that guy you'd call for encouragement. He was the guy that just like had all the, mm. the best things to say. The dude that could like say all the church things. Um, and he called me like almost a year ago. And he goes, bro, he's like, God just freed me from religion. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, wow. he's like, I've, n- I've never known the Lord. And I was like, what are you talking you're, about? You're like questioning all of your yeah, own life I decisions like, and everything. Like, bro, you've spoken in my life so much. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I, I just never knew the Lord because now I know him intimately and I'm not burdened by the performance. I'm not burdened wow. by like what it's supposed to look like. I'm not burdened by whether or not we can wear hats in church anymore. Like I'm not burdened by, he's like, because I know, I know who Jesus is. Like, he's like, I actually like met him and I hung up the phone and I was just like, if that guy can go years and call me and go, I actually finally know the Lord. How many of us, how many of us are go right now are like, I actually don't know the Lord. I just know all the ways Sheesh. to look like I do. Okay, well, that will offend a bunch of people as well. But <laughs> maybe the closest we are to, to thinking we have all the answers, the further we are from God. Yeah, I, I would agree. Which is why maybe, like this podcast, you're a little est- moment for such a time as this. Hey. Shonda. But the like questions, I think I grew up th- as a church kid thinking I had to have all the right answers to defend God. Yeah. And the more I live, the more I experience life, the ups, downs, good, bad, and ugly of it, the more questions I have. Totally. But and that's the root of this podcast. Like the fact that fully. I I had this revelation before I started this podcast that like the the notion that I grew up under, and I don't want to like blanket this statement, but the notion I grew up under was that like don't ask questions yeah, because that means like you don't have faith. Or you're testing God, but like Which again, I think, yep. I think Jesus loves our questions. Me too. I think our questions open up gates into heaven. Like I think our our questions allow us to know more about the Lord because yep. He says, "Seek and you will find." Keep on knocking, curiosity, or keep asking. Yes, you know, keep being curious about me. Keep desiring to know the things of the Lord. Keep like wanting to ask questions, and yep. that's why we started this podcast was to say like, hey. Let's start asking questions. Like, yes. Let's, the whole purpose of this was like so much of my life in the church was asking questions and getting crap answers. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fault. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying like sometimes we're afraid to talk about some, some topics so that just need. So we give people one-liners that are surface one-liners that we heard somebody else say that yeah. should shut someone up. Yeah. Or like, you know, it's like I, I just needed like some, I just need really, I just need to talk about it. Yeah. 
You know, I, I just want to process. We didn't need to come to a conclusion. Yeah. Why do we think we have to come to a conclusion for it to be faith? Faith by its very essence is believing something we can't see is searching for something we can't find is talking about something we can't quite grasp or answer. And that's why Jesus gave us parables. That's why we have the way that we describe the spirit is like wind and breath is an invisible, something that moves visible things. Cause God was so kind in his kindness that he would give us human finite things to help describe something that we would never really understand till we get and meet him face to face anyway one yeah. day. And it's like, who do we think we are in our human way to demand to understand a God that if we understood him? Yeah. What, I, like, I heard like someone the other day on TikTok. Shout out TikTok. Shout creatures. out the article I just read, shout aka out. the TikTok yeah, I just Yeah, exactly. Saw. I just literally read this thing the other day. It's like, bro. You saw a 50 second TikTok. You watched TikTok. To a dance. Who Raise your hand if you've watched a or actually read an article in the last year. No, put it down. Mike, I believe that. One time I read an article. <laughs> I did. One did you time. read an article one time? One time. It's like, I read this thing. No, so I saw this thing on TikTok. I'll be honest. We'll just be vulnerable. I love least. that for you. Honestly. You know, it's like. I love that. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just working on some things. But TikTok is the new Wikipedia, it feels like. Yeah, but, but you, you can't, you, it all sounds good, but you can't really trust it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're still wondering afterwards, but you're like, but I think it. But no, I'm pretty sure that that's true. I heard this thing on TikTok the other day. I was like, dang, that's so good. And I was like, more I was thinking about it, I was like. Yeah. I don't think that's true. Yeah. And so I like Googled it. Not true. Super not true. Super not true. But very, very convincing. But super convincing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's tainting. You can but say anyway, what were you saying with, that you, you watch anything this with authority thing on TikTok? and someone believe you? Um, it's like life. another tangent. I actually don't remember what I was saying. You saw a thing on TikTok about questions and about. Ooh, what did I see on TikTok? I don't know. I'm trying to help you. I was, questions, I, so not was, having answers. Um, the more we think we're sure of it, faith is. Okay, so you have lost I've lost it. it. I lost it. But here's my thing. Yeah, tell is me Is that I thing. think that, like, I, I remember a friend who was, deconstruction feels like a dirty word these days, but, like, who was going through her own deconstruction, and one of the things well, that... can't be depending on how you're doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. You don't want to, like, take your own little canoe away from the big ship and just, like, start paddling out by yourself, but, <laughs> like, still be attached to something and people that that's can help great. you. But, That's a great image. Um, she said to me, she one of the things that really discouraged her in it was that she went to a trusted Christian leader and said, I just have some questions. And the friend of hers, this Christian leader, looked back at her and was like, oh, really? Oh, bummer. And she said that for about six to 12 months sent her on her own journey because she didn't feel like she could ask questions. Yeah. And I think the more we can make a safe space for questions – and just let people know that your questions, one, God can handle them, but there are also people that you can talk to about yeah. them as well. Yeah. I think that that creates a curiosity that I think that Jesus loves. Like yeah. I've never met a critical person who was curious. Think about it. No critical person has ever been curious. But I, because I don't think you can be. The Mike, two. Are you curious? Yeah. Are you a curious person or a oh, critical person? Is. Okay, cool. See? Proven wrong. Just kidding. Oh, I'm dang it. <laughs> Mike. Schmike. Schmike. <laughs> but I think that that's like one of the things in therapy when I went through my divorce that I had to really start to change in my life. She said, Elise, I need you to get an, uh, a third person view of yourself. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, because you can't observe from within you. You mm. need to observe yourself long enough, which means you need to stop being critical of yourself for long enough to be able to actually objectively see what's going on as if you were looking at a friend of yours. And I think sometimes wow. when it comes to our faith, we need to do that too. Stop looking from your own subjective view of what's going on. Can you literally almost bird's eye view it for long enough to be like, 
let me ask some questions. Let me be curious about my faith. Yeah. And I think that God is found in the questions. I absolutely agree. That's why I have a podcast called Questions with Yeah, Katie. I mean, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's like we're going to ask questions and we're finally going to get answers. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you're getting some answers <gasps> Wait, today. Wait, no, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you feel pressure to end the podcast with an answer? No. That's good. No, I feel... Because <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> I'm like, I go, yeah. <laughs> no, Internally, you're I, like, absolutely. I feel like an opportunity to end the podcast with an invitation. I like that. To hopefully I've given you a lot of great things to think about, but what you're going to do is take them to the Lord. Yeah. And you're going to seek them for yourself. And because my goal in anything I do, in content, in the devotionals I wrote, in the uh, the book I've written, in all this stuff, that stuff hasn't come out yet. But like all of that stuff and this podcast, the goal for me is to push people to intimacy with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So like this podcast, the goal is like I give you a bunch of great things to think about that potentially switch up your thinking a little bit and allow you to take new things to the Lord and present them and seek him and seek scripture and try and find um, try and find the answer for yourself. Because oftentimes I am giving an answer because it's most of the time just out of scripture. Yeah. Um, but I'm also mm-hmm. just giving an invitation to continue to seek the Lord. Mm-hmm. And intimacy isn't built by reading about someone no and i think it'd be like religious to think to think i have to have an answer at the end of this podcast for you yeah exactly that that's where we find going back to that verse we talked about at the very beginning maybe religion is found in when we get confused because what can be scary right is when we start asking questions and we don't have answers yeah or like you're asking the same question for years exactly the question hasn't changed because you still don't have the answer to it the temptation is to go back to what's familiar which is what like Galatians is all about, Paul is talking about, and we were talking about before this, of like Peter and Paul having this argument because Peter starts going back to like only eat lunch with the Jewish people because he probably freaks out that the Gentiles are now allowed in the faith. Like he's like, oh gosh, I don't like this. And so for a while he's like, yeah, everyone can come. And then he's like, just kidding, I'm going to go sit. Because it makes me uncomfortable, I'm out. He goes all mean girls and like goes back to high school cliques. (laughs) And Paul is calling him out because he's saying, are you really what you started in the spirit with the resurrection of Jesus, believing by faith in that? Now you're trying to finish that by these performance-based works. Yeah. Sometimes the temptation in the spiral of the questioning is to just go back to what's familiar. I don't have a question, so let me go back to what I heard from that pulpit because that at least is more comfortable or that yeah. at least pleases my friends. You know what's interesting about that that um, confrontation with Peter and Paul? I was just thinking about, like, you got two guys, both apostles, both that, like, Jesus uses to build his church. Mm-hmm. And one of them, Peter, is the guy he calls to be the rock of the church, the foundation. And you have Peter who walked with Jesus, who knew him. And then you have Paul who never actually did mm-hmm. but knew the Holy Spirit. Yep. And it makes me think, like, what happened between Peter with Jesus to Peter, Jesus dying, crucifying, ascending to heaven, mm-hmm. then to Peter in the lunchroom? Mm-hmm. That didn't happen to Paul because Paul didn't get caught up in the way that Jesus had walked like Peter did, but he got caught up in what the Holy Spirit was teaching him and how he was leading him. Wow. So, like, what, what happened to Peter where he thought that, he knew Jesus. Like he walked with Jesus. He yeah. literally was like the closest to Jesus that like any of us yeah. in in person have ever been. I wonder if what happens between walking with questions. Jesus to the lunchroom that doesn't happen to Paul because he only ever knows the Holy Spirit is how he knows Jesus. I, I like think- what if what if the and I'm just thinking out loud here, honestly, but like what if the power and the freedom from religion is simply found in 
in being led by the Holy Spirit. Well, like not paying so much attention to like how we take steps. But what does that what mean? Like being like. led by the Spirit. So well, let's talk like, about it. Because I think that for me, I'm like, when I get asked that question about Peter and Paul, for me, and it's so cool that we're talking about this because I think all of that perspective is about what you've experienced, right? So from the lens that I've experienced my life, I know the most critical times that I can go back to familiar religious stuff is when I forget what it's like to experience grace. Mm, that's so good. for me, that's always going to be my lens. It's yeah. always going to be, if you will, my bias is like, I just wonder if Peter, it had been a while since he remembered how badly he screwed up when... Jesus being crucified and he denied Jesus and Paul had a more recent thing plus yeah. being led by the spirit. Totally. Because I mean, Paul, before he was Paul was Saul. He was at the stoning of Stephen, who was the first martyr for Jesus. And some would say, shout out Stephen, shout out Stephen for reals. Yeah. Right. But like scholars would say, so when you read that in acts and then in a couple of different areas, the men that stoned Stephen put their coats at the feet of a man named Saul. And we can assume it's the same because literally later on, Paul says, I was at the stoning of Stephen. Yeah. The, if you put your coats at the feet of someone before you stoned it back then, what it meant was that person at the very least approved of it, but at the most ordered the stoning of Stephen. Mm. So could it be that Saul into Paul before he was Paul, he was Saul. He was the one that ordered the first martyred like Christian who later on becomes the guy that writes two thirds of the new Testament, that guy every single day is like, if it wasn't for the grace. Yeah. Wow. Because God literally turned his most shameful moment into at the end of his life. He says, there's a Stephanos crown waiting for me, which in Greek is the word Stephen. So could it be that the, anyway, I can't go into that because I'm still like studying it. So I still (laughs) don't have a conclusion there, but I just wonder if we're not fully every single day aware of the grace of the reason we can even be in relationship with God, have this freedom life is because of the sacrifice Jesus made or was Peter just real familiar? Jesus, yes, he was the son of God. And I mean, I'm not out here being like, Peter was way too familiar. And like, (laughs) was he even a Christian? Like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. Don't take him out of context. Leave Peter alone. Stop. But (laughs) I think sometimes when we get familiar with the way we were saved and when we forget what it's like to firsthand experience grace, I think we can sometimes get a bit on a high horse. Yeah. yeah you're I can right. like totally the second I think I have it figured out. Yeah. You better believe it. The next day I'm like, Oh man, I yeah, did that yeah, again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're back here again. I think those are the moments. So, I mean, I love those questions cause I'm like, we, we, we never will know. No, it's, it's just something that like sparks a thought. And if, makes, by the way, you think. if your perspective or my perspective offended someone, that could be a really good indicator that even that might be a sign that they have a bit of a religious spirit. Because yeah. why can't you handle gray conversation that we yeah, don't know? Yeah, just like why can't you handle like like thinking thought, you know? Humans. We're coming into the end. Okay, fine. But I want to do this. I want to give the listeners some practical things to think about. Like you, Like I said, being led by the spirit. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. What are some? Oh things, yeah, we got on a tangent. My yeah. Bad. What What are some things for the listeners that are maybe listening to this podcast and go, I might be a little bit like over religious. Like I might not know the Lord the way I thought I did. Yeah. You know, or the people that are going, I'm feeling the pressure that Elise and Caden were talking about. Like, yeah, I'm feeling that pressure that they felt growing up in church. I'm feeling that pressure now being a new believer walking into church. Mm-hmm. What would you? What are some tips for them? Oh. I don't know. No, I think that we're all on a journey. And I think so for me, 
one of the questions I ask myself a lot is when was the last time I changed my mind about something? The word repent in the Bible is just the root of it is just to change your mind. Yeah. Um, repentance is just simply changing your mind. And so I think that when was the last time that I had a conversation about something I fundamentally believed that, and not, I don't mean like now I just believe this differently, but like truly you had conversations with people being curious enough about your faith that you were like, huh, I never saw it that way. Yeah. Wow. I never saw that scripture like that before. Yeah. And I think for me, a religious spirit is no one can change my mind because what I believe is right. And it's more important for me to be right than to have conversation and connection. Wow. And so, um, I try to make it a practice to sit with people, one that I disagree with and to ask myself in the presence of God, God, is there something that you need to change my mind about? Is there something wow. I need to repent for? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that for me is, has been a really big thing to move away from the black and whiteness of mm. legalities of, I believe this, therefore I'm superior to other Christians. Yeah. And then I think like what you just said, like that spirit led life for me it's just like, it doesn't always have to look like what I thought it would look like. My devotional time with God doesn't like, if it's the same way for the last five years, but I've been in different seasons, like I connect with God through everything. Yeah. Through everything. If the only way I can talk to God is with worship music playing and my Bible open and this certain color highlighter, yeah. I might have an issue. Yeah, it's good. It's I true. can hear God speak to me through Coldplay, through like... <laughs> Freaking Olivia Rodrigo, at least stop. But I can. Stop. Like, yeah. Can can it look different? Can God switch it up on you? Totally. I don't know. What do you think? I would say for people that would say like, "Hey, I don't know if I'm stuck in religion or if I just haven't accessed all God has for me or whatever they're thinking right now." My thought would be like, "Hey, just start praying for like a hunger to know the Lord." Because for me, when yeah. my life was transformed, when I started to get hungry to know Jesus. And what happens is the moment that God gives you a taste, you start to hunger for more. Mm. And so my my encouragement is like, like at least said, like switch it up and find a way to get in the presence of God. Find yeah. a way to encounter him daily and throughout your day and all day long where you can tune your ears to the spirit in a way where like at least said, you can hear him in everything. You yeah. can learn from him in everything. You're praying all the time and you are... Um, you're living this life that doesn't look cookie cutter. Yeah. But you're living a life that is every day open to the new possibility of what Jesus has for that day mm -hmm. because of how the spirit is leading you. Exactly. And I think it starts with a hunger to know the Lord. That is so good. And I wonder, like, as you were just saying that, I just thought of one other thing of like, quite often when I get way too comfortable for way too long, I find myself in a cycle of religion. Yeah. When was the last time you were like, honestly prayed this crap, God, if you don't come through, I'm screwed. Yeah. Maybe you don't use those words. Maybe you use yeah. whatever words you use, but there's nothing like knowing God when like he has to come through for you because you really, cause that's actual faith. Yeah. yeah. What we talked about at the start, like those things that scare you, those mm -hmm. things that you step out and it's faith and fear at the same time. Like, I think we get out of religion really well in a really good way when we step out of comfortable. Yeah, I agree with you. So whatever that looks like in some area, where have you taken a risk for God lately? Yeah. And I mean a real risk, not just like asking a girl on a date or like yeah. going for a new job interview. Like when have you really stepped out for God? Yeah. Whereas if he doesn't come through or if this doesn't like isn't God, there's a bit of like egg on your face in a sense of yeah. like, yeah. 
egg, egg on your face. I, was that a real Australian There's thing? a lot of egg on I your face know. here. <laughs> the shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> There's a bit of a shrimp on the barbie. Do you guys say that, actually? No. I mean, no. 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 This is me trying to do an Australian accent that you're trying to do. <laughs> you don't think you say that? You, Dylan, Dylan is not Australian. He's not but, even Australian. Uh, no, no, no. But he always, adds, he always adds the R's. And I just, uh, it's so funny because he's like, the other day he was like... <laughs> He's like, I don't hear it. And then he said a word and he started dying. He's like, I hear it. Dude, <laughs> you guys were hilarious. We were in a retreat all together a little while ago. You guys need your own podcast. I know he's done an episode, but like yeah. you guys were hilarious. To I have just... him, next time he's out here, I'm going to bring him here because to have him in person oh, would be unbelievable. Game changer. It might just be a comedy podcast, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that like... <laughs> Also, that's another thing of like, when did you have fun with God? God is yeah, fun. Yeah, it's so good. God yeah, is let's fun. touch on that real, and real like, fast. There is joy. And yes. I think like I was listening to Israel Houghton has a new worship album, which is fire, Israel and New Breed. I think it's like worship God anywhere. I don't know. But one of the songs is literally called Fun. So good. And Israel's like, I don't think I've ever heard a worship song called Fun. And that to me is a problem because yeah, yeah. It, like, John 10.10 10 says he came to give us life and life more abundantly. That totally. means fun as well. Yeah. And if your joy is so deep, we can't see it on your face like ever, that might be a really good sign right there. Totally. Yeah, like Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, Nehemiah. Come on, the joy of, my, of the Lord. It's like, it's another It's another one of those things that confounds the religion of like the performance and all the blah, blah, blah and all the things. It's just like you walk into church, you're like, I don't know if, you know, Does even Jesus if God is here, here <laughs> and it, like if even if God is here, I don't know if I want yeah. To know that God. Yeah. Because he just like doesn't seem <laughs> cool. I think that that's the biggest thing is that like Christians that are stuck in a religious spirit are crippled by like. I love that. the joy, Your joy is so deep. You can't see it on your face. Yeah. Like so we can be so crippled by anxiety and seriousness and like the mission that God's given us. And yes, it is serious. And yeah. yes, it is. There are tough seasons. But like even more so in those tough seasons. Find ways for joy to come into your life, for fun, for you to laugh and actually laugh, not just smile through your teeth. Yeah. Like actually fun, being a Christian is attractive. Why? Because Jesus is attractive. And yeah. so if your life isn't attractive to other people, my friends, you may be walking in some religion. Yeah, I love the, have you watched The Chosen? Yes. Do you not like it? No, that was a lie. I haven't watched it yet, but I am oh. meant to have watched it, but you wow. don't know that. So. I have an interview with them coming up soon, so I'm going to go watch that. Do you have an interview with Jesus? Yes, himself. And you haven't watched the stuff. Please don't tell him. It's going to be a great interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I'm so excited, about excited that, for that. Uh, about that dying for our sins thing. Yeah. Know? It's like, hey, so what was it like being on the cross? He's like, you know, I'm not actually Jesus, right? <laughs> I'm like, so tell me what it was like when you had to like be born in a manger. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm not actually. What's Mary like? I feel like her and I would be friends. <laughs> Do I give you a Mary vibe a little bit? Am I bit? giving off Mary vibes? Yeah. Or Do I give Mary like or like vibes? Magdalene? Which Do one? I have more of like a leaping spirit or like birthing the Savior spirit? I don't know. You know what I mean? You're like, I always felt like Paul. He's like, like who is this chick? Once yeah, again, he's like, I am not we, the Savior. I'm not Jesus. I'm like, okay, but real quick, one more question. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like, but real fast. Are no, you but still disappointed up, in Peter? Yeah, no, exactly. Always, yeah. Stop. Did you really Did you really let it go? In The Chosen, I love The Chosen. And I think this will be our last thought. We'll wrap it up. But. I love The Chosen because, I know, I'm a preacher. We do that. Um, The band can come. Yeah, the band can come up. Mike, get on the keys. (laughs) It's like Mike's just the man doing everything today. Get on the keys. Um, In The Chosen. I love The Chosen because what you see in that version of Jesus is this this man full of joy. 
Yeah. And what you see in like wow. a lot of other illustrations cool. of Jesus is like this very stoic, stern, like Angry. burdened, like even like upset yeah. Jesus. But what you don't see is like a Jesus full of joy. And I think what's amazing about The Chosen, what I love about that is it paints a picture of Jesus that is non-religious mm. because it doesn't let you paint him into one singular box around one yeah. singular emotion around one singular characteristic or attribute, but it allows you to see him in the fullness of who he is and joy is who he is. You know, the fruits of the spirit are only fruit because it comes from who he is. Yes. And so I always say the fruits of the spirit, they're just the characteristics of Jesus and joy is one of those. Wow. And so if we're not seeing fruit like joy, I don't know if we're seeing Jesus. And I'm going to drop the mic on that one. (laughs) Elise, thank you so much for coming on the podcast for real. I love you. I have to say, I love you so much. I have to say this, that this podcast, there are so many people I could ask to come on this podcast, but I ask people that I know are not only just gifted preachers and anointed, but I see and I, and I watch the way they live and the way you live and the way you love people and who you are is just incredible and it's the reason i wanted you on this podcast because we don't need more faces and brands we need more people with hearts that love the lord and love people and that's who you are and so i love you i'm so honored you came on this podcast thank you so much i'll do anything you ever ask me to do one thousand percent oh good i have more stuff to ask you to do after this but um (laughs) this was your one thing for the month hey guys thanks so much for listening to the episode i hope it encouraged you and inspired you if it did be sure to leave a review share the episode with a friend And uh, let's continue to spread the word about what God's doing in this podcast. Hey, before we close, I want to shout out Life Audio um, for partnering with us on this podcast. You can go to lifeaudio.com to check out a bunch more Christian podcasts just like this one. They got ones on Bible studies, parenting, and many, many more options for you. I think you're going to find, honestly, a ton of of podcasts like Questions with Caden that you're really going to enjoy. You're going to be encouraged by. Um, So be sure to check out Life Audio. Go to lifeaudio.com. Check out all the amazing things they're doing. We love them to death. And I think you're going to too. Hey, I love you so much. Praying for this week, believing that whatever God spoke to you through this podcast is going to encourage you and continue to permeate through your heart for the rest of the week. We'll see you next week. Love you. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. 
Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.